0: Hey everyone and welcome to the No Kids Allow podcast. Thank you for tuning in for another week. If you are here, then I want to especially thank you because I don't think I've listened to any of my podcasts this week. I don't think I've really had a chance to sit down and and watch any of my shows this week Um, because going on any type of media outlets, there's a chance that I'm going to bump into some news that's going to be super depressing. Uh, but we'll get into that a little bit later. So I just want to recap last week. Okay, I think, <laughs> I think I boasted about how good marriage during quarantine was going. I told y'all that me and my husband are in love. And we haven't argued and we found the perfect solution. And I think I gave y'all a whole bunch of tips on this perfect solution. Well, let me tell you something. Okay. I probably uh, spoke too soon. I'm sorry. (laughs) I almost killed him. I even almost killed the kid. I I think I was going stir crazy in the house. And of course, with all of the emotions, uh, they were gonna get it, all right? We were gonna take it to the streets. Um, and it was nothing specific. I can't even tell you, like, you know, it was a straw that broke a camel's back or something, some type of isolated incident happened. No, I can't even tell you that. Nope. I just was tired of seeing his face. <laughs> I was tired of hearing my son, I was tired of seeing my husband's face. It lasted maybe two days. We're, we're back on track now. So um, <laughs> I might have to revise last week's episode just so it can be as truthful and honest and transparent as possible. Um, so take everything I said with a little, a little grain of salt. But they're alive and uh, we're back loving on each other. Um, I'm on a high a little bit because I finally had some friends over. We've been in quarantine for like two and a half months now. And I was trying to be a good girl. At one point, I wasn't even letting my dad in the house or my uncle in the house. Uh, My cousin was allowed in the house only because I know she's very sanitary. She didn't take the train. She walked all the way over here, things like that. But Finally I had a group of friends like five of us on the porch. We had some wine, I laid out some crackers and some fruit and some spinach dip. We talked. It was so good to like not have these conversations on the phone because the phone sometimes get overheated, the battery is dying. If I'm on the phone, honestly, I'm very much preoccupied. Like today, for instance, I was on the phone with Expedia. They put me on hold for about an hour. So when someone called me, I just merged a call. So I'm on the phone with Expedia while trying to have a conversation with the person who called. There's constant beeping to let you know that the call is on hold, but you haven't been hung up on. And I was cooking at the same time. And preparing for um, like a, a a video conference. So that's why I'm so excited I have friends over because this was uninterrupted. This wasn't a multitask, preoccupied kind of conversation. I gave all of my attention to something, which was the conversation, and to people. And they gave their attention back to me. So I was super excited about that. And then all of them showered me with compliments on my ebook. Yeah, so I put out an ebook. It is all about taking care of yourself. I I consider it the anti self-care ebook. And I say that because self-care for me at least when I hear the word it reminds me of pampering, and I didn't want someone to see this book and associate it with pampering. So I didn't want to put the word self care on the cover um, or in the title. But if you read it backwards, it definitely says self care. <laughs> the book is called Take Care of Yourself, and it gives you 12 easy, free, guilt free uh, steps into taking care of yourself. You don't got to make any appointments at the spa. You don't have to schedule time and your agenda for a friend. You don't have to do many of the things that self-care manuals usually tell you to do. So go ahead and download my book. It is free. Okay. You can click the link in the description box. I'm going to put it here, but you can also find it on the link in my Instagram, no kids allowed pod on Instagram. And uh, it'll send you right to the landing page where you put in your email address. And then it lets me know that you're interested in getting this free thing over here. And then I'll email it right to you. The book comes right to you. Like I'm faster than dominoes. I'm going to send you your book and it's going to be free. No tips necessary. Just send me your feedback. Actually, that's what I would like instead of (laughs) any monetary tips. So that was all good. That is how I'm feeling on the good side of things, obviously. Uh, But there's something much bigger in the world, uh, bigger in our country that is happening much bigger than my ebook, much bigger than me and my husband and my child who I almost killed <laughs> it's It's huge. you guys know exactly where I'm going with this, and I often try to avoid these things uh because of my own fears, but I obviously have to let that go, and I just want to start off by saying these names because I want to acknowledge, I want to let go of my own fear and acknowledge that a thing is a thing. Racism is happening. It is 2020 and people are still dying by the hands of white people. Black people are still dying at the hands of white people. So I need to acknowledge that before I go any further. Tamir Rice, Ahmaud Arbery, Breonna Taylor, George Floyd, Terrence Krutchner, Walter Scott, Sandra Bland, Samuel Bois, Philando Castile, Eric Gardner. I can say these over and over, you know them, Trayvon Martin, Oscar Grant, I just feel like I've been saying these people's names for the last couple of years. We can even go back to, I don't know what year that was, Amadou Diallo, Sean Bell. There's probably so many more. And I think going back to my fear and saying these names is that I would actually have to acknowledge that these people are gone. I didn't know them personally, but... I know them in a way that we are the same. We're either black, black woman, Sandra Bland. And knowing that we just share this the color of our skin, it means that anyone is susceptible. Anyone. I read a statistic that actually said that black men are nine times more likely to die at the hands of a white police officer. Now that is why I'm so scared. That is why I'm fearful because to put a number to it, that means we can, we can stand in a group of people from all types of backgrounds, all races, all creeds. And it's nine times more likely that the black man within that group will die at the hands of a white cop. So if you don't know me, right, I'm a black woman. I am married to a black man. My dad is a big black man. My uncle's big black man. My brother, my little brother, is now a big black man. And my son, only five, is essentially going to grow into a big black man if genetics has anything to do with it. And so... How do I not fear any of those important people in my life becoming a hashtag? Like, I just said all of those names and go ahead, go on the Instagram or the Facebook and you'll find those names hashtagged. Like, that is is what they have become, a hashtag, just so that we can all share our post after they've already left this earth. And because it's so repetitive, I think I've tried to, this is my own coping mechanism, is probably the most horrible coping mechanism there is on the world, on the earth. I try to like create a shell around me because like a child, right? You know, when children play hide and seek, <laughs> they'll go hide behind a curtain and you'll move the curtain, but their eyes are still shut, like shut tight. And you're standing right in front of them. <laughs> you you see them, but um, they think that if they don't open their eyes, if they can't see you, then you can't see them. And like that, I've created this shield around me. As long as I keep my family safe, as long as You know, we don't have to know what's going on out there. As long as we go from point A to point B and back, we're good. I've even gone to pick up my husband from from work sometimes. Like, no, we're going to be good because, you know, you don't have to get on the train. You don't have to walk the streets at night. I obviously can't do that every night because his hours are like our bedtime. But the more I know about what goes on in the world, the more it scares me and the more I'm scared. I have to do these erratic things to protect me, uh, protect my loved ones. And so I kept myself from knowing a lot of things. I don't partake in a lot of the conversations. I I just try to protect myself. And, and it's, it's the worst. Because while I'm trying to protect myself, I don't know what's going on out in the world. I sat on my porch and I, I had a great time with friends. We talked about everything, everything. We talked about dating. Even though I'm a married woman, I have single friends, okay? <laughs> we talked about dating. We talked about religion. We talked about uh, motherhood. We talked about friendship. We talked about work obligations versus dreams and desires. We talked about anything you you can think of. But we sat on that porch and it wasn't until we started getting like text messages or, you know, during the lull of a conversation, someone went to go scroll on social media. It wasn't until then that we realized that just a couple of blocks away, they were rioting. And. They were writing in, in memory of of George Floyd and I'm on my porch and I, I think I'm triggered by that so much so I can remember myself like pouring myself another glass of wine. <laughs> um, you know, something like that is so close to home. The helicopter started to hover. I started to talk louder. The the updates were coming in as people were reading their messages. I took another drink. I can't live like this because the things are happening right next to me. Target is about, I want to say seven blocks. I often walk there. I found out that they boarded up. the The problem is, if I don't, stay on top of the news, then I'm only going to get the filtered news when it finally gets to me. Uh, So that's my own ignorance. And I have to admit that I have to come on here truthful because I think being transparent during this time is the only way that we're going to get some type of change. So this is my, this is my contribution to that change admitting my ignorance and then also making a vow that I'm not going to be ignorant anymore. I I just have to say, it's, it's just so overwhelming because allowing myself now to know everything means that I'm going to see it all. I've seen some protests where... Oh, it's so disgusting. I've seen some protests where there are white people using spray paint to write Black Lives Matter on buildings. Then newscasters filming that and broadcasting it to say that the Black Lives Matter movement is corrupt because they're defacing property. I've seen white people in videos break the glass to a bank, break the glass to a store, pack up shoes and clothing in their hands. And the news broadcasters state that this must be an employee. That's the view of white people. I don't have to teach you anything on here. I I know if you're listening, you're woke enough to know uh, that opposite to those broadcastings, There are black people who are peacefully hugging the police and receiving hugs from the police because they don't want to come out in violence. They just want to come out in peace and make their point that justice is deserved on this case and on several other cases. You know what I found out recently? And I need to fact check this, but the officer in the Philando Castile shooting, all the charges were dropped. All of them. So he's just walking around a free man while this child of Philando Castile probably is going to be traumatized for the rest of her life. As she witnessed her father be gunned down in the driver's seat as he just reached for his wallet or his license to show the cop that he has a license to carry. His girlfriend or his wife is going to go through that same trauma. But that officer is just like probably in a lazy boy recliner, enjoying Netflix. I'm going to move on. But that's what my ignorance has been protecting me from because I I get so upset. I just want to go and love on my husband and not do anything. Love on my son and not do anything. I will neglect my work in fear of not being able to hug them for the rest of their lives natural lives I don't want any rest of their lives they walk out tomorrow and 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 be gunned down for a mistake I think that I've (laughs) these fears have always like this way of reacting to fears has always honestly been my way if I don't want to do something I will avoid it Ooh, I'm the I'm the queen of avoidance (laughs) I am the queen of avoidance Um, so this isn't new to me. I'm just able to apply it to this and everything else. In my effort to not avoid it, I'm having to teach my son, like, there's no way around that. I can't avoid that. We were driving and to come to my house, I have to pass a block where there's a precinct. And obviously through the riots, uh, some people have been blowing up the precincts and in the county jails, uh, wherever they live. And so this one-way block had the street blocked off by a a NYPD cruiser uh, so that no one can go around. So now to get to my house, I have to go a couple of blocks out of the way because they're in fear that a car will come down the block and blow up their precinct. So I'm in the car. And of course, I'm like, oh, shit, damn, I can't get I I curse. <laughs> so I'm like, oh, shit, damn, I can't get through. And so my son is like, what get through what? And obviously, I have to now Explain it to him because we we talk everything to him. We, We tell him everything. And so I'm like, I can't get down the block because the police are blocking. Why? Well, they're blocking because they don't want anyone to blow up the precinct. Why would anyone blow up the precinct? Well, there's been riots going on. What's a riot? A riot is when a group of people are protesting because they don't like something. And before he could continue to ask a million more whys, I just gave him the full story. A black man was killed by the police. And he didn't do anything wrong to be killed. And now people want the officers to get in trouble. Like, that's the the simplest way that I could explain it to him. Because I'm not holding back. Honestly, as a parent, if you, if you follow me on Instagram, because I don't think we get much of my parenting tactics here, but if you follow me on Instagram, I think the other day I uploaded a video, um, I'm exercising and my son is riding his bike or something happened. I think he might've did a split and you know, he came down wrong and he was like, Oh, these nuts. <laughs> and I was like, no. <laughs> Uh, so that's what parenting looks like over here. But I say all of that to say I explain everything to him and I allow him to have somewhat of free speech as long as it's not disrespectful. And so at five, I'm explaining to him that sometimes the cops aren't doing the best. And I have to be this How do you say? Dream killer. Because at my son's graduation from pre-K into kindergarten, he stood up during this segment of the graduation. They had asked every student, what do you want to be? And my son said, a police officer. In fact, actually, he wants to be a football player police officer. So he wants to do both. I don't know how that's going to happen, but I'm not going to kill his dreams directly and say <laughs> NWA style fuck the police but I have to tell him that this is what the police officer and uniform and badge are representing right now brutality racism discrimination murder and I don't know what that's going to do to him I think omitting the truth is actually doing more damage. Actually, me and my girlfriends on the porch, we talked about that, like being transparent with, well, this conversation was about sex, but being transparent with your children actually protects them more than keeping secrets because if you are transparent with them, if you give them all the details, they don't have to go out there and make mistakes, They can experience it in a safe way that you have taught them, if you taught them. So I'm over here telling him what's going on. And obviously things can change. I've seen the images of the police officers. Some people said those are even like superimposed or, you know, acted out for the cameras on site. But who knows? There you go. Like, that's what I'm talking about. The media is so wishy-washy. I can't even tell what the truth is, but I know that I can spread the truth. So my truth is going to come in a talk. Everything. We're going to talk. I'm not going to lecture. You see the difference? Lecturing is like, don't be like this. Don't ever be like this. Don't, don't do this and do this. And I'm not lecturing. I'm just talking. I'm telling the truth. I want my son to hear the truth enough that he knows what's right and what's wrong and make the right steps. And if he makes the wrong steps, understand, you know, you can apologize for your mistakes, right? But you're going to get this truth rather than me telling you just avoid something, And so I think that's the first step in in being able to talk to our children about racism. I think we also got to start answering questions. I know it's hard. I know, (laughs) you know, it's embarrassing, depending on what you're talking about, right? Um, But start answering questions. Uh, They're going to ask you why a thousand times. Anyway, trust me, if you've seen a Cat Williams stand up, I think... Cat Williams was like, "This is why he had to smoke weed because his son was asking him why about a million times. Um go ahead and answer those questions and give a little bit more information so you don't get the annoying why's that follow, but they have an understanding at least until the next time, and then they have something to reference. Answer the questions. I have to tell you that that's what I'm doing." I think it's going to be great for any child, especially right now. White or black, brown, purple, every child is is going to benefit. They can't not benefit from you answering the questions. And I think answering the questions also lets them gain the knowledge to assess what's right and wrong. Like <laughs> I remember I I was about to get this lady. I was cursing her out in front of Target. We were going back and forth and my son was there. He actually loves to tell this story. I don't know why, but I think he likes to tell this story because he gets pride in saying that his mommy was right and this woman was wrong, (laughs) but he would only be able to know that because He's learned right and wrong. And he's learned that by asking questions and me answering him. But obviously, I'm a human. I'm going to make mistakes. You're going to make mistakes. If you're listening to this, you're going to make mistakes. Address those mistakes. I think that I'm going through this journey of life. And, you know, he's in the sidecar. Hopefully, I have some more babies they'll be in the sidecar as well (laughs) um but because I'm driving the you know the in the front seat and they're in the passenger seat back seat they're watching everything and I'm not always doing the right thing I mean me dropping curse bombs in the car because the police were in the way is an example of me not doing the right thing for some you know so I'm cursing in front of my child um but even that brings a lesson addressing your mistakes you know with this george floyd uh situation and everything that's going on in the world i think that i haven't done anything yet I and mean, when i say anything i don't i have not gone out and protested or looted, um, or anything like that. And I'm not against it or for it. I feel like people should grieve the way they need to grieve. So I don't have any opinion on that. I just haven't done it yet. And that's partly because of the dangers of going out. Because if, if I go out, my husband is going to not, is not going to let me go out by myself. And, you know, it's three the hard way over here. So we'll be bringing Mason, um, But if I was able, if I were able to partake in the physical part of protesting, maybe I would be out there doing the wrong thing in someone's eyes. Maybe I would be doing the wrong thing in George Floyd's children's eyes or his brother's eyes. They've been announcing that they don't want these violent protests. They don't want the looting. And because I don't know if I agree or disagree yet, I might be out there doing that. And so it would be the opposite of what we teach our children. Violence is not okay. Hitting is not okay. I mean, that's a daily statement that I make. (laughs) Um, But we would be teaching them one thing in the house, how to behave at school, But going out there and handling things totally different on site, cursing, throwing things, breaking things. So I think that's even a lesson in, you know, anything that I've seen that is appropriate to watch. Oftentimes I'm scrolling my last scroll right before bedtime or scrolling my first scrolls, you know, earlier in the morning and he may be around so if it's appropriate enough I'll allow him to continue to watch what I'm watching and so maybe I'm not explaining my mistakes in this racial disparity that we have going on in our country but I'm sharing the mistakes of others and even in that he's learning a lesson the mistakes of those white police officers that may not really be mistakes, those might be might have been intentions, but at least I can tell my son about those wrongdoings. Oh, this is heavy i'm so, uh <laughs> I gotta take my time, and I hope you are bearing with me throughout this, but because I know it's so heavy. Even though I'm able to filter what my son gets, even though I'm able to filter it, I haven't turned on the television with the the news on it. I'm really only watching it from my phone, whether I get text updates from friends and family or social media updates. Whatever I'm watching is still heavy, so I have to be mindful of that and know that the heaviness that I'm feeling He's probably feeling it too because he's nosy (laughs) and wants to know everything before uh, he's supposed to. And then I have to explain it. Uh, So knowing the the gravity of of it all, I've made a conscious decision that I'm holding him tighter. I'm holding him longer. He's like, okay, the hug is over. Nope, it is not. (laughs) It's not over until I feel like letting you go. The hug is long, guys. The hug is tight, guys. Close to, like, (laughs) meshing him into my own skin. That's how tight it is. I think I spent the majority of my day Googling what George Floyd's mother's name was. She died two years ago, is what I found out. But he screamed for her. He screamed her name. It took eight minutes and 46 seconds for him to die under the knee of the police officers. And during that time, he he pleaded for his life, but he ultimately screamed for his mom. And I know my kids. He screams for me whenever he can't get anything. Whenever he feels defeated. Whatever. (laughs) Whenever. And sometimes I'm so annoyed when he's like, mama. I'm so annoyed. Like, oh, I got to get up again. I'm going to answer every mama he he screams for now on because... I just can't imagine. Can't. Anyway, I was on to something else. I was saying that because this is so heavy, I've been kissing and hugging on him for longer periods of time <laughs> and and uh that that honestly is probably more for me than him. So for him, I've been giving him so much praise. Telling him how beautiful his skin is. I mean, honestly, it is beautiful. Um, Telling him how smart he is, how brave he is, how fast he is. He, he especially loves how fast he is. That, I mean, he wants to be Sonic and The Flash and whoever else. <laughs> but... Telling him how loved he is, I'm going to continue to praise him. He needs that. our sons need that, our men need that. I think I talked a lot about Mason on here <laughs> because uh, i can't I can't even imagine, but I also can't imagine for my husband either. I just want to cuddle him all day, honestly. And maybe that's because he's big (laughs) and cuddly. But especially right now, it's like you are not allowed to go anywhere without me. I don't know why I think I'm going to be someone's savior because I'd probably be the one that's most outspoken in an event that (laughs) we're apprehended by an officer. I probably messed the whole thing up. Queen and slim style. like I don't know why I think I need to be with him all the time. I'm probably a detriment more than anything, but it comforts me. So we've been running together for the last couple of days and I haven't told him this, but we went running at a park which is in a predominantly white area. If any of you are from Brooklyn, we were running in Marine Park. And just a whole bunch of scenarios were going through my mind. What if someone just felt like calling the cops on us? Felt like it. I mean, I don't even know the woman's real name. I was about to call it Karen Cooper. But Karen from Central Park, whose last name is really Cooper, she felt like it. She just felt like it. I mean, it could have been any day of the week. She just felt like it. This black man, I used to work in Central Park, so I know exactly where he was and why he was saying what he said to her. He was in a area where birds are very rare, especially during this time of the year, They are flying from the South back up North and every other place in the park, you are allowed to take your dog off the leash during the hours before 9.00 AM and after 9.00 PM. There are less pedestrians during this time. So dogs off the leash is fine. You know, dogs are not supposed to be domesticated, so <laughs> you should let them off the leash every so often. And the park actually allows for this. So if you have a pit bull, you can let them off the leash during those times, and a pedestrian can't really say much to you. They could be scared and run the other way, but this is your dog's time to shine. However, in this area of the park, where lots of birders go, I can't remember what a bird is called. Oh, gosh. Anyway, we used to give tours in this area of the park. This is where you would see lots of exotic birds. Lots of birds of prey. All right, I'm starting to get into my old job. <laughs> I was an urban park ranger, okay? There you got it. There you have it, okay? um, So he's there taking in the culture of birding. Protecting the birds, actually, because... There's actually a log where you can say which bird you 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 witnessed fly through the area, and the log amount is always getting smaller and smaller because because the earth is ghetto. That's why, honestly. Anyway, he tells her to put the leash on the dog because in this area, no matter the time of day, dogs cannot be off leash. This bitch. One video. Thankfully, this video calls the cops and just describes him as an African-American man trying to threaten her. Y'all, my husband is the the most meek person you'll ever meet. I mean, in the house, once he's comfortable with you, he'll crack jokes. You know, he makes fun of my friend's wigs all the time. He, you know, he'll go in, he'll go in. But outside, quiet, timid respectful anyone could say that he threatened them and the cops will come and they will I mean hopefully sadly I have to hope that they would just arrest him and bring him down that's the best thing that I can hope for knowing that cops have been called on people and they never made it into the back of the paddy wagon They never made it to the bookends. They never made it to arraignment. And they definitely never made it back home. Oh, and this is why I had to unfriend. I can't think of a better word because I don't like that term. I had to disassociate myself with particular white friends. If you need to rewind, go ahead. I did say what I said. I had to disassociate myself with particular white people in my life. There was an instance where I was friends with a white person who didn't understand their boundaries on using the N-word. And if you don't understand it, I can explain it to you. But instead of wasting my time, if you're not ready to stop saying it, instead of wasting my time, you can Google the hell out of everything. Trust me, I know, because I raised a whole child on Google, okay? So... If you don't understand the implications and what inferences come with using the N word, understand this, that Miss Cooper, who didn't even use as harsh a term as the N word, was able to call the police on a black man, just saying African American. So imagine the weight that the N word holds. When you say it so freely. And so if that's not understood. You should press pause. Unsubscribe from this podcast. Find me on social media. Block me. (laughs) Because I'm very serious. I'm not having any more conversations with white people. On the matter. There have been so much conversation. There have been so many publications on what white people can do to support. Silence is not one of those things. There is a plethora of information on how you can support, how you can ally. And it's not by spray painting buildings. It's not by breaking into banks. Especially if you know we're going to get blamed for it. But that's for you to find out on Google. I'm not I'm not here to do that. <laughs> I'm not here to do that, but I will sit here to let you know that today will be the last day you will get a pass. Um and that pass includes you saying that you don't see color. Oh, actually, today wasn't the last day. That that one went That one went away way back, a couple of years ago, actually. I remember in grad school, we had that whole conversation. And so I learned back then that it is unacceptable for white people to subscribe to colorblindness. Colorblindness is not a thing. You do see my skin. It's not like you can stand in front of me and not realize That my hair does not straighten as it grows. That my brownness isn't because I sat in the sun for too long. Colorblindness is a thing. There was actually a, a show. Oh gosh, I think this was on ABC. But they did an experiment where they had a black man run through the park on a fancy bike. He was running with the bike. And people stopped. They were like gasping. Some even called the police to report a possible. How do you call something on a possible? They call the police on a possible theft. They ran that experiment back a second time. For a white man to reenact the same thing that the black man did, and people minded their white-ass business, they didn't think twice of this white man. And I might be pushing it to say that he was dressed in rags. He didn't look like he owned that bike. Trust me, right now I know that bikes are expensive. We've been in the house for two and a half months. My friends want to go riding. I had to go get a city bike the other day, which was a good buy. It was like $12, I want to say. But it was because I couldn't find a bike within my price range. And all the bikes that were in my garage were rusted and dusty and (laughs) they needed to be in the garbage. So I know how much bikes cost. I went and looked for a bike. There was a bike at a local bike shop for $799. My first car wasn't even that much. So I know how expensive bikes are now that I'm having to purchase them on my own. And so this bike that this white man who was dressed in rags was toting through the park did not look like he could afford it. Where was the uproar? Where were the gasp? They they weren't there. So colorblindness is, isn't a thing. It's a cop-out. It's to make me soften my guard. Because, yay, finally I met a white person who doesn't uh, attribute the color of my skin to any crime there is out there. No. Can't fool me. Colorblindness does not exist. Anyway, I don't want (laughs) to, I don't want to teach. I said that. I said, I'm not coming on here to teach. I did say that, but I did want to come on here to sympathize. I wanted to come on here to give hope. I wanted to come on here to connect with the moms that listen and let it be known that actually, can you guys hear the helicopters as I'm recording? Wow, okay. I <laughs> uh, wanted to come on here and let it be known that I understand. I wanted to come on here and lend an ear. I always tell you every episode go ahead, email me, DM me, write in the comments. I'm down to have a phone conversation. That might be a little you know, extreme if we don't know each other. But (laughs) we can break the ice and then get to talk. I just know that we all need support right now. We need maybe to talk about it or not. Remember, I'm down for a little avoidance, okay? Anyway... My mom award is for my ability to be transparent with a five-year-old and explain racism as it's happening. It's a hard task, so give me the award. And if you did the same, you take your award as well. I mean, we in here. We doing it. My mom fail is... Having allowed someone who doesn't understand my struggle as a black woman, who doesn't understand the struggle that my five-year-old, who is very cute right now, but will not be cute when he's towering over you with his deep voice, big hands, and brown skin, My mom fail is for allowing anyone like that into my life because it serves only as a detriment to the confidence that my black family will have in their ability to live a natural life. And of course, my MOM, which is the, the mom of the moment, goes to George Floyd's mother. I am so sorry. I do not know her name. Most publications did not list it. It only stated that he called for her. And it also informed that she's no longer with us. She died two years ago. But she still gets the mom of the moment for me because George Floyd called out to her And I know that scream. My son screams it. Anyway, you can always catch me here on the No Kids Allowed podcast, here on SoundCloud and Apple Podcast. You can catch me on Instagram, slide into my DMs, on No Kids Allowed pod, or my personal account at C. And then last but not least, You can email me at nokidsallowpod at gmail.com. I answer every email. (laughs) My thoughts are with each and every one of you. Enjoy the week.